Welcome to the Wealthy Circle Podcast, where we take a deeper dive into this year's finalists and winners from our WealthManagement.com Industry Awards. These interviews cover the challenges, innovations, and trends in the wealth management industry and the individuals working to help advisors better help their clients. Welcome to the Wealthy Circle Forums, where we will hear from finalists in our Wealthy Awards uh, who are paving the way in the wealth tech industry. Uh, and wealth management industry. Today, I'm joined by Jacob Brownfield, CPA, Chief Operations Officer of the Pacific Financial Group, Aaron Klein, CEO of Riskalyze, and Brian McLaughlin, the president of Orion Advisor Tech. I almost said Redtail, and I should preface this that if Brian <laughs> sounds a little bit different today, he is in an undisclosed location. Uh, so his sound quality may be just a little off, but those of you that know Brian will, will, recognize, will recognize the voice. Today, we are talking about client management in a digital world. And it's uh, it's an interesting topic for me as a journalist. I've been covering this now for, uh, gosh, 15 years, and it's had many different iterations. Uh, these days, though, with, with the confluence of a lot of different technologies, you know, you've got the marketing world, you've got client uh, actual engagement, onboarding. It's a mixture of a lot of different things. So to me, this is going to be an interesting conversation because we have, you know, a few different folks represented, including someone from an actual advisor firm and two providers who are kind of in different locations on the tech stack. So I kind of want to start this with what do you, each of you think of when you think of client management, what parts of that, what pieces of the tech stack does that most represent to you and how the approach has changed over the last few years. And, uh, you know, I'm going to go in alphabetical order here. So I'm going to start with Jacob. What, uh, what does client management uh, encapsulate for you? What all does it mean? What all does it does it represent on your your own firm's tech stack and processes? Well, when thank you, and it's great to be here with you all. Um, you know, when we think about client management, you know, we think about it through two lenses. One is how do financial advisors and wealth management firms actually drive uh, growth in terms of bringing new clients aboard, engaging with you know, potential clients. Uh, level setting how much risk is in their portfolio compared to how much you know risk they actually want and are comfortable with and need to take in order to reach their goals and and really helping to um, you know, helping firms to create that consistent client experience across their firm and, and, and get the growth flywheel spinning in a big way. And then you know when I think about the word management, I also think about managing clients that are already there. it's it's so important that financial advisors and firms keep their finger on the psychology, of clients, um, you know, that psychology is typically at its highest when, a, when an advisor does a review with a client and then it has nowhere to go but down. And, you know, that's a part of a uh, big reason why we, we this year, you know, uh, introduced uh, the, the, the all new check-ins experience to help advisors like keep their finger on the pulse speed of client psychology and understand on, on the one hand when clients are getting fearful, but on the other hand, uh, when they might be feeling okay about the markets, but they're feeling anxious about their plan. And that's a really good signal that they might be out there going like, do I have the right financial advisor? So, you know, client management, I think, I think spans the gamut of that. And ultimately, you know, what, what I think is a real challenge for the industry is that the average RIA firm, if you take out the impact of the markets is only growing 2% a year. And they've, we've got to get our industry growing at a much faster clip if it's going to support great innovation and great growth businesses. And so we really believe um, that, that focusing on that and delivering those tools to help firms grow is the key uh, to their future. 
Brian, I know you from uh, your 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 past life would could talk for hours on this particular subject, uh, but now that you're president of Orion Advisor Tech, you have a whole other set. So I'm giving you the, the challenge of trying to discuss this in you know just a, a few minutes. Yeah, that's a pretty tough challenge, David. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, we could do about six hours on this topic. Yes. If like. But I think the uh, the kind of TLDR of it all, right? We believe in four pillars, which is start with prospect, plan, invest, achieve. And we think the digital experience through technology is how we help advisory firms build and grow, like to Aaron's point. We have to get them from a 2% growth rate for a 10%. And we can do this through technology and through some of the workflows. We are really excited that we did some work with Snappy Kraken that we just announced recently that helped us bring the financial planning and prospect workflows to the front through a marketing engine and bring that then through our technology stack through the CRM and into trading and all that, where we might even pivot out and go get the risk intelligence data, or we might go work with Riskalyze and bring that data in to help them see that full picture. So we definitely believe there's a digital lens to the prospect journey. And we are taking an approach saying the marketing workflows, the planning workflows can be a strong input for that prospect to make sure that we do a repetitive practice, that we do a consistent delivery of experience. So in a nutshell, that's what it is. And Jacob, uh, what's your take? I know you, you guys work with both, you know, advisors and, and then in turn their end clients and investors. Uh, what's your take on this? I suspect it's maybe very similar, but some, some slightly different aspects to it. Yeah, I think Aaron and Brian did a great job and I'll kind of riff off what they were saying. Uh, but I think our industry in general just has this huge opportunity in front of us to really change that client experience. Uh, I think today we think about clients, they're, they're, they're comfortable accessing their bank accounts through their applications or, or websites that they're, they're accessing. But you know, I was surprised to see this study re earlier this week from Salesforce. It was their 2022 annual report on financial services. And 78% of banking customers initiate relationships through their website or application. And it's almost half that in the wealth management space. Only 42% of, of clients are engaging. So I think there's this real opportunity to engage in clients through a more elegant digital approach. And it really starts with understanding what your end client's needs are and trying to develop some level of customization and segmentation to meeting their needs. But it really starts with how you engage them on the front end and getting traction to your, your platform. For us, we're really focused in the retirement space and the numbers are even, even worse there, quite frankly. There was a, a recent study by J JD Power uh, and Associates, 7,000 plan participants, and only 37% of them said that they actually engage uh, via their record keepers digital platform, which I was surprised by. But I think that just illustrates the opportunity of how we all can get better and, and meet our clients' needs and engage in a more powerful and effective way. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, when I started covering advisor technology about 15 years ago, we were still, and both Aaron and, and Brian can uh, speak to this as well, that, you know, initial client engagement was with a paper form and maybe an in-person handshake and in-person meeting. 
Uh, fast forward, you know, it's it, it then went to sort of vaults as the place to put documents and repositories. And then slowly, ever so slowly, we've had, you know, digital signatures and then and then finally digital onboarding. And, you know, the, there's been a lot of factors these last couple of years that have really influenced it, none, none more so probably than than the pandemic, which accelerated a lot of this. Um, maybe I'll jump to you um, first this time uh, on this question, Brian, and that's where, you know, you, you may be a bit biased because of your heritage here, but uh, is CRM going to stay sort of the the heart of where a lot of the data with client engagement uh, is housed, or do you see that morphing over the coming years? No, we're definitely looking at it from a CRM lens over here. Mm-hmm. I, I've always been a believer. I am biased, obviously. <laughs> I've been building CRM for 20 years, so I'm yep. a little biased. Yep. But I, I do think it is the cornerstone, the rock to the advisory practice. It's that source of truth. So you want everything to kind of um, revolve or orbit around the CRM, even if it's not directly in. You can still have little clicks in, you know, whether there's notes that have reference other apps or other reference data. You still need it all in one central place. So we look at it as like this is your source of truth and everything else we can do through like that most in one integration model of saying we can bring in other parts to this. And obviously we want to bring in as many parts inside our own ecosystem, but we're not a closed door ecosystem. We're not an all in one. We want to be a best in breed and a most in one solution. And so that's going to be key. So yeah, we're going to keep pivoting the journeys. We actually spent some time and actually going back a second with your comments about paper forms, I, I actually have a little side story where I remember building custom PDF personal profile forms for advisors into the CRM <laughs> so they could hit one click report. And we're dating ourselves, Brian. Deal. We're dating we ourselves. We are so dating myself, but it, is, it was such a big deal. And we've mm. gone now to like precise FPs of the world or the amazing Ripsalize lead gen uh, that you can drop on your site and collect the data and pump it into the CRM. So, but at the end of the day, it also eventually fed to a CRM and then was used for multiple purposes. So, yeah, we're definitely building the customer journey from that lens. But we do understand some advisors are going to come and bring the experience in through planning. Or maybe they're going to bring it in through account reviews or portfolio reviews. And that's totally okay as well. Our job is going to be to make sure we get that data also, though, record it into that CRM of choice and have that available because then we can do all these amazing quick actions out. And we have a lot more insight to a client in one view. And CRM is always meant to be the 360 client view. So that's how we built it. And Aaron, you know, I, we've known each other now for a long time and, you know, you, you were for one of the pioneers who sort of uh, initiated a, a paradigm shift in, you know, one of the sort of alternative routes of, of onboarding clients. And that's with the risk tolerance questionnaire and digital onboarding and making the, you know, with risk allies, particularly the risk number and measurement of that um, part of the initial onboarding and client management uh, system in a lot of awful lot of firms. Um, and, but you have since built out, uh, you know, your own ecosystem of other tools. I'm curious sort of how you have seen the initial client management morph uh, as the, the, the entire advisory world um, has become more digital. Yeah, I, 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 think it's, I think it's really interesting. I mean, Brian and I have been like really good friends for uh, about a decade. And, you know, I, it was interesting because, I mean, I, I remember at one point he kind of asked me like, um, you know, how do you think about CRM? And, and from my perspective, like on the one hand, 
um, he'd done such a great job that it was a very baked market. Like, I think it's incredibly difficult if somebody wanted to come in and try to, um, you know, build a new CRM. But I, I, I tend to look at the world a bit more modularly, right? Like we need to uh, make it possible. And, and in, in some ways, we're still achieving this vision, but we need to make it more possible for advisors to, if we keep the advisor's end experience as the, as the primary thing in our minds, we're going to build things in a different way and we're going to innovate in a different way. And here's a really good example, like at our Fearless Investing Summit, you know, I, I, I talked about like the next generation integration kits that we're building and in particular one for CRM. And we'll go update the integration we have with Redtail to leverage that new kit. And in, in effect, what we're trying to do is we're trying to wire at the organic level into our platform. Every single thing that an advisor does on the Riskalyze platform should be generating you know, like events with, with, you know, data around that and links into all the details behind it back into Riskalyze and feeding that over into Redtail, for example, attached to the client record, because there's, it's got to be this, your CRM needs to be that consistent system of record where you can go to see all the things happening across your entire tech stack to that client. Um, and, and I really do believe, and maybe it's a little bit idealistic, but I, I, I don't believe that that idea holds us back from any level of innovation that we might do. It's just a great principles-based way to build products to say, we can be out there on the bleeding edge of innovating some of the new ways we're helping advisors and firms drive growth. And as long as we're capturing the click streams and the events and the activities that are happening and feeding those back to our CRM partners, um, the advisor has a great integrated tech stack, which by the way, they can then back in the Redtail world, build an automated workflow to trigger off of how cool is that, right? So the, these are the kinds of things that uh, it's not glamorous work. You know, we, they call them last mile integrations for a reason, you know, uh, quotes in the air, but it's so important to, to continue to lay that groundwork. So that's kind of our theme is we kind of double our investment integration this year is we want to build deep workflow integrations. And that's a whole different level from kind of the integration 1.0 and 2.0 that we've all been executing over the last decade or so. And Jacob, maybe you could, you could um, chime in here on, on where, you, where you see sort of the central management of client, client management uh, for, for, for the Pacific group. Is it a, a view very different from what Riskalyze and, uh, and Orion uh, have or very similar. It's it's similar. We just look at it from a slightly different angle in the sense that we're we're trying to provide we're agnostic to the advisors. We work with mm. thousands of advisors all over the country and each practice that we work with kind of has their own way of doing things. So the more that you can be adaptable and amenable to the way that they service their clients the better. So if you can provide them with those uh, talking points or those those data points uh, for their client and they can have a call to action, the client's going to really remember that. At the end of the day, the advisors are serving the end investor and they're going to remember those things. If, if their client bought a house and that data is readily available for the advisor and, and they, they get a ping in their portal and they're able to reach out to that client and, and maybe send them a, a gift, that's a powerful moment. You know, or maybe, you know, it's a more 
oftentimes when clients are calling, there's they're either calling for market concerns or they're calling for life events. But if you're able to actually get out in front of that and, and kind of remind them of something that's happening in advance, that will be a very, very powerful memory for the client and, and one that'll make a lasting relationship for the advisor as well. Well, Jacob, I got to thank you because that's actually a fantastic segue to to my next question, which uh, for for my own purposes, and I'm selfishly asking this of you guys, but I think all of you are thinking about it. Of late, I have heard an awful lot more so than I've heard since I think the first time I heard it was from Salesforce about a decade ago. But with the advent of machine learning and uh, other forms of AI, there is an awful lot of new energy behind this whole notion of next best action and doing predictive analytics on your client. Well, it's not even one data set now with a lot of big firms, it's multiple data sets. Um, and, you know, I saw the news and wrote about it of, of Orion with um, uh, what it's working on with Amazon uh, Well Services yep. and, and Redshift and uh, InvestNet uh, just Friday. And again, on another release talking about other aspects of it, but their integration and partnership with Snowflake. There, there's, there's an awful lot to be said for the potential in uh, machine learning in particular and in AI. And I think some advisors may fear it as a threat, but others are going to see it just as a, another tool for automation. Um, you know, one example that's sort of more, the most concise one I could plug into our conversation here would be Cognacore and how they're, they have their uh, chat agent that can kind of integrate into uh, Schwab's platform, for instance, to, I guess, answer a lot, answer phone calls and direct them to the right place, simple things at first, and then taking care of forms if they are, or a change in beneficiary, very simple things, but they can uh, allow maybe the admin staff and certainly the advisors more time to work with clients. I wonder what you guys, and I guess I'll start with Aaron here, to be fair, um, with your own platforms and in the industry at large, where do you see AI machine learning coming into play here? Do you think that's going to be a big a big aspect of increasing efficiency and automation or not? Well, I, I've been on record saying that the, um, the, the real deployment of AI in our industry has largely been in press releases. Um, yes. And, and I think that's, um, that's, that's been the case in the past, but I do think that, that the technology is kind of reaching a critical mass and, and, and a level of effectiveness that is really interesting and machine learning in particular you know, it requires huge data sets to be able to be effective and to do something interesting. But we're we're actually reaching the point where, um, you know, huge data sets are are something that really do exist, and you can actually start to get some really really interesting perspectives out of that. And so, you know, from 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 my perspective, I I, I see a lot of potential for that in the future. Um, I know that we're actively thinking for us, what's most interesting is trying to, you know, make, make like processes and workflows easier for advisors by being able to guess and set as default next best action. I think, you know, for that, again, you need to have massive data sets to like, say, how do advisors, this advisor, you know, tend to, to treat clients like this client? Because there are so many different variables, like the next thing you want to do for this client might be different if it's a taxable account versus a non-taxable account right. and it might be different, Absolutely. you know, for this, that, and the other. And so there's, there's a whole bunch of variables that come into the mix. And so that gets very complicated, but it also gets very powerful and very interesting. The other place that we're looking at that, and, you know, frankly, we've got projects in the labs that we're working on right now is in regards to discovery, because 
uh, you know, our discovery tool we rolled out is like the, the, the fastest, easiest way to search for the, you know, search through the entire universe of ETF stocks, mutual funds, SMAs, fixed income products. And advisors love it for that. It's super fast. But, you know, what I find is that if you search for something, you might find 200 results. And if we're going to just be honest with each other, the bottom 180 are probably not that good. Right. But the top 20 are probably all great. And they're within like inches of each other, like like millimeters of each other. So the the nuances of what might make choice number 15 better than choice you know two for this particular situation um is something machine learning could probably you know Absolutely. figure out in a very interesting yeah. way so we're we're playing with a lot of those and it goes to advisor preferences around like if i'm a financial advisor do i value like how how widely traded a security is over maybe its capture ratios or its you know, tracking error. And so like, there's all these different factors where we can understand what advisors value and maybe personalize the results using a machine learning model. And we're, we're playing with a lot of those ideas uh, in the labs right now. So su super interesting. I think it's going to play a big role. Yeah, advisors, you heard it here first. Each firm is going to have to have its own knowledge graph. Okay. It's getting into the weeds, It's getting into the weeds, but uh, mark my words, a few years down the road, you're going to be tra training, training your own knowledge graph. Uh, Brian, yep. I know you have thoughts here. Um, oh, please. I definitely have thoughts here. I, I agree with Aaron on everything he said. I think we're looking at some, trying to build some practical examples right now. We've been looking at it from a doc management, books and records view right now. I think there's some interesting opportunities. One of the things we're looking at is building kind of like your best practices. We, we all have built those over the years. And coming down to like a digital best practice, and then uh, how do I use that to define what opportunities or recommendations we might make based on data? And so we kind of said, okay, well, that's really complex. Maybe we should back up just a little bit. One of the things we're really good at is document, email, and content retention. We have a ton of content. We also have all the user flows of how people work. So we can an analyze that and say, when you work with this client, with this XAUM, these are the things you've done in habit. You've just done them. You didn't build anything. You just, we've noticed your, your pattern. And now we can recommend a pattern. And that's kind of basic learning going on. One of the things though, that I've been really passionate about is the doc storage side, where we can analyze and tag automatically the documents and the contents on the documents, and then get value out of that. For an example, we might be able to use machine learning and OCR to go process the document, and take it to the advisor and say, you need these 10 things done for estate planning or for tax planning or for whatever. If the client through their portal has uploaded four of the five. They didn't say it, but we've already identified that yes, the will, the trust, and the statement has been uploaded. We're missing you know, A, B, and C, and we can notify different people for that. So we can make some actionable data, which is interesting to me. One of the things that's new to me uh, is that now being part of Orion, we have a big, bigger ecosystem of data. We have an immense amount of interesting trends and history patterns, and we're just starting to look at that from a perspective of providing that, I don't want to say so much next best action, but maybe next best recommendation, right? Giving guidance to it. I, I'm still not convinced that we can fully automate things through AI for the financial advisor. I think there's a lot of risk there still. I don't think I want a bot auto trading for me, but I think I want a bot suggesting the trade during my day and saying, do you want to do this? And if no, I'll stop. If it's yes, I'll execute for you. But making advisors still the actionable entity on here. 
and letting them do their job to the best. So that's how I kind of see it right now. And I can't wait because we get into the Redshift and the AWS Redshift data lakes that we're working on. There's just so much interesting intel in there to how people do the job and how they work every day. I can't wait to see how we bubble that up. And Jacob, I'm curious if, uh, I, you know, you guys have probably been pitched by some of these firms that I've, I didn't really, I mentioned one, but probably some firms that want to come in and help you guys out using AI. What, what's, uh, what's you and, and Pacific Group's take on where this may lead, uh, you know, AI, machine learning, et cetera, in, in the client management uh, landscape? Yeah, I think Aaron was right that there hasn't been as much adoption as there you know, will be 10 years from now. Let's just say, I think we can all agree that there will be a lot more adoption. I think right now it's kind of broken into segments. So you've got, it probably started somewhere in the robotic process, robotic process automation, RPA solutions with things like reconciliations or, or building bots to kind of automate redundant or processes that can be repeated easily and implemented fairly easily. I think that was a, a one, one use case. I think what Brian was talking about with optical character recognition, OCR technology mm -hmm. was another place that we're seeing a, a bit more adoption. I think there's been fits and starts in terms of kind of the augmented reality or metaverse or whatever you want to call it, uh, where uh, firms like Fidelity Labs uh, uh, try to get involved in there fairly early on. But I just don't think that we've tapped that as an industry to to the level that that we can. And I think as we as it's easier to adopt as there's as those technology companies make them simpler for us as the consumer to utilize uh, without having to build out a team of data scientists in our firm to 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 get these projects off the grounds. I think we'll see them pick up more traction over time. Uh, but I do think we're pretty early in in the process of adoption, in my view. All right, well, we've covered an awful lot of ground here in a short time, and so this is this is the last question. And it's not I'm not taking the sort of the the, the parameters off. I, I want to hear about the future. Start with Brian, I guess. Be and when I say that, what what do you see on the roadmap for client management in the in the next five years? That's going to be the most important aspects, and then farther out. Yeah. So near near term, we definitely believe the data streaming, the real time data streaming, is going to be a big win. That's why we're investing so much in the Redshift solution with Amazon. You know, the world how it was built in the past went from we used to do flat files, REST APIs, GraphQL. APIs, all this type of technology, but we're always trying to move forward to a real-time data share. And that's what we can offer with the Redshift platform. So as soon as we have the data, you, the advisor can have the data. What's really cool and powerful though, is that it allows the advisor to maybe even attach on other pieces of data that we may not have. They can get sources of data from other partners or their own firm or anything else and bring it in and build their own, maybe business intelligence toolkits, you know, build their own mm -hmm. dashboards do whatever they want to do beyond what we might build. Everything we would do normally would be pro-serve, and this is now getting closer to you-serve, right? And I think that's going to be a huge move for the next couple of years as we show the technology. And you can see it. We, we talked about InvestNet uh, just announced their Snowflake integration. So it's definitely a pattern we're going to see more and more of, I think, for the next five years as we build that out. Going out 10 years, let's say, maybe a little more deep field view, uh, the AI topic that we brought up, I think we're going to see a lot more of that. 
Uh, one thing that's always interesting to me is that uh, advisor firms don't really do like uh, any automation around the client request experience, right? A client, you need to do a trade, distribution, whatever it is. There's no, we haven't evolved that much. It's still pick up the phone and call me. Don't text me. Don't email me. We have to modernize this, especially if we're going to compete against the next gener, you know, this next generation of investors come up and the next generation of advisors come up. The demand for the digital uh, capture and the digital experience and being able to be self-serve is going to be critical. And we have to be able to embrace that, but with professional high development services behind the scenes, right? And so I am not suggesting by any means advisors are going anywhere. No, we, we survived the robo-advisor crisis and the endemic that was robo-advisor. We've made it past that. We've always believed in the advisor. But what we need to do is modernize their tech stack. I, we need to be past the days where we said this industry is 10 years old, behind the times. My car is more advanced in this industry. <laughs> we need to make the industry as advanced in my car, okay? In fairness, you drive a Tesla Model S. I could not have said that better, Brian. I didn't. While I drive a Tesla Model S, and you know why? It's an iPhone on wheels, and that's all we all want. (laughs) Totally. Totally. It's a good challenge. You've got a brand new truck, and it's it's as techy as mine. All right, Aaron. That's right. You're up next, man. Yeah, I mean, look, in in the near term, I will... I will double down on the fact that growth is the biggest challenge for firms. And mm-hmm. I believe that the, the number one thing that, that these firms really have to invest in is the growth platform that is going to drive um, the, the, you know, really start spinning up the growth flywheel, create a consistent client experience across their firm, create the insights and the analytics to help them understand how to accelerate and get, you know, the advisors who are doing most of the growth, like figure out what they're doing and drive those best practices across the firm. And then the compliance analytics to kind of keep that rocket ship on track, you know, once you've built it, um, you know, if you get out there in the future, man, 10 years from now, I, I'm, I'm an optimist at heart. Like we are going to be in a place where integrations have been built in a whole new 3.0 paradigm of deep workflow integrations where you can really choose um, best of breed software for these different pillars of your uh, tech stack. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of things Orion is best of breed at, right? And there's a lot of things that I think Riskalyze is best of breed at. There's a lot of things that there are a variety of different pieces of the tech stack that are, that are best of breed. Um, from my perspective, I, I, I put my money on um, advisors wanting a best of breed experience in the future, but they don't want to compromise. They want to have their cake and they want to eat it too. And they want seamless workflows and the technology is here to accomplish it. We just have to make the investments and build towards that, you know, 3.0 integration level of deep workflow integrations. And I'm pretty excited about our part of the investment in that. I know, you know, firms like Orion have made that commitment. Other firms in the industry have made that commitment. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to be astounding. I think that three years from now, we're going to still be saying, why isn't it moving faster? And 10 years from now, we're going to go, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe we made it this far in 10 years. <laughs> Love it. Jacob, I hate to ask you to follow up on, on that, but what are your thoughts here? Yeah, great answers. I think starting with that long-term, like, what is that long-term? I think we're all chasing to to really optimize and create 
curate the, the best solution for the end investor mm -hmm. and for the end advisor. So it starts with, and that's why Brian and Orion have, you know, are so focused on Redshift and collecting that data because you need that data in order to understand what your client needs or what the advisor needs. And, and to Aaron's point, to start to provide those solutions and be agnostic with what whichever tool they need, whether it's Riskalyze or my shameless plug for our company's uh, Risk Pro tool for their risk surveillance, you know, but providing them with that platform where it can be adaptable and they can sort of choose their own. I think of, you know, I, I like the way that uh, Aaron was articulating that future world and. There was even a, a reference to, I think it was an I, iPhone on wheels with the Tesla uh, by yeah. Brian. You know, for me, the Apple and the iPhone is a perfect example of that. You know, that's a technology we didn't have not that long ago, right? And it's right. something that has streamlined my personal life and, and simplifies my life on a daily basis. And it just gets better and better. We have all these disparate apps, you know, whether it's your banking or your 401k or your you know, personal activities, your travel, they've created the system where you can access all these disparate applications and tools and facially recognize you and, and grant you access into that particular tool. Uh, and then, you know, they've created this digital wallet where all, you know, magically your tickets just drop in there and, and you have everything in one central aggregated place. I think, I think that is the future. I think that's what we're all striving for. And I'm optimistic that, that we'll get there and uh, hopefully more closer to the near term than the 10-year uh, time horizon. Absolutely. A whole a whole legion of advisors hope hope that too. Well, I hate it, guys. I, I feel like we could probably go on for a few more hours here. Um, but I want to thank, thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you, Brian, uh, for joining me today. Thank you to our audience for listening to this Wealthy Circle podcast. For more Wealthy Circle podcasts, visit Wealth Management TV on wealthmanagement.com. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. This content has been made for information and educational purposes only. The views and opinions represent the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views and opinions of wealthmanagement.com.